your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. This this music triggers me in the morning when I sub for Hayes. Does it come on? Yeah, it'll come on because it's just part of his rotation. It's oh, all the same. that's right. That's and, right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know how you hear an alarm clock in the middle of the day? And <laughs> right. you're just like, I don't know. Do you did you you had to have used an alarm clock when you were young, right? That meh, meh, Oh sure, meh, sure. That that red radio alarm clock. Oh you want buzzer or radio? Those are one of the things that I'm glad are not really a thing anymore when you can use your cell phone as a, an alarm right, clock. you can turn music on or whatever. Absolutely. Happened. Although I haven't quite figured that out. It's still just whatever ringtone it is. But um, yeah, if I hear that alarm clock. But if I, I heard this a couple of times as I was filling in in the morning and I was like, wait, where am I? And I'm like, oh, wait, it's just me. It's just me here. And it's six in the morning or whatever time it was. Uh, that's UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski. Happy Friday, Rick. And I am Rick Solom. This is Lacrosse Talk PM. We've got that all figured out. And if you don't know, I was doing the morning show the last couple of days, so I'm a little uh, just just in in two different worlds uh, when it comes to politics and, and discussing that, and then being harassed on the text line. So some of those. What's fun is some of those <laughs> people in the morning uh, migrate to the to the evening, and so you might be out there listening. Feel free to text call six zero eight. Seven eight five seven nine one four. So we we kind of did a debate recap, I don't, and we could do it a, li- a little bit again too with the the PM audience. Um, but we, I I, I want to get into some of the things that I learned with politics um, when I talked to the Marquette University political science professor, Doctor Philip Rocco. In, in terms of like Evers stealing messaging, this is things we've talked about before is that Tony Evers steals the message from Republicans, gets Republicans mad. And then um, and then just the U.S. Senate race, Tammy Baldwin doesn't really have an opponent yet. That seems pretty weird to me. Um, but but that's all political. Can we start lighter? Is there a lighter thing that we can talk about? We can talk Minnesota State Fair food. Minnesota that's where State we can Fair. go with this. Well, how is the, how is it that when you come on as a political science professor, and we could and we and we do, and ironically, I like to talk about not, th- but we've become a food show. <laughs> Pretty this much. Is, is it because it's Friday and we like? Fr- do you like let loose on Friday and like I'm gonna eat what I'm gonna eat? Absolutely. And this has just become a follow up to Cooley Region Cooks, except for <laughs> except. My two people who suck at cooking hey, you don't know if i suck at cooking <laughs> i'm just making assumptions yeah, assumption. i mean i'm all right I, you know what i'm not a baker i don't bake compared anything. to haze we suck oh yeah for sure yeah definitely i don't know how to make anything i mean really i mean i, I like i'm not using a recipe in fact i had to google like how long should i boil corn because i have a dozen corn on and cobs in my fridge ah it is that time of year and it's like three to five minutes, by yeah. the way, anyone, anyone <laughs> listening. Yeah, State Fair in Minnesota. Is is there a way to go, like, we border battle? Which State Fair is better? I emailed when I had Governor Tony Evers on a couple of weeks ago. I emailed his, like, handler, and I said, hey, it would be funny to get you and Tim Walls on to oh. do, like, a Minnesota State Fair, Wisconsin State Fair border battle. Whose State Fair is better? Uh, didn't didn't that part of the email? We we did talk about some fun stuff with Evers, but that part was kind of ignored. I, I but I I was like I don't even need to be a part of it. But you guys somewhere it would be fun as some some governors and just have some fun with it. 
this is like we have to humanize these politicians sometimes, and I think that would be a way to do that. I think the Wisconsin State Fair has upped its game. I think attendance this year was significantly higher than previous years. Now, what the Wisconsin State Fair is known for is the cream puff, uh, the cream puff craze that happens. Uh, everyone loves to try the cream puffs. Now, the Minnesota State Fair tends to be ranked as the second best state fair behind the Texas state fair. Oh, really? So Minnesota's state fair is highly regarded. While, while we're doing this job, this isn't even your job, I'm sorry. I'm just, like, making it your job, but this is a job. Oh, I've been to the Minnesota state fair almost wait, every year. Wait, can we be the people that are the rankers of state fairs? That, like, whose job is that? Like you mentioned, I don't know where you got that. Where did you get that? That would be a great job. No, I, I just fly around so, the country. So Minnesotans love to brag about Minnesota. They love to oh make God, Minnesota yeah. seem as great as possible. We had a possible. Minnesota roommate in college, and it was always, Min- this is not how we did it. Oh, Minnesota, Minnesota. <laughs> and then I moved here, and I start to do it a little bit, too, but it's more political because my – my government is flipped to a, a way that I want it to, to help people. And anyway. Oh, yeah. The governments are completely different because Minnesota has more Democratic Party control of the government compared to Wisconsin. Which... Well, we could get into that, too. Why, why is that? You know, like, yeah. let's put it on. I'm going to write it down. But move on. You, okay. I, I interrupted your thoughts. So Minnesota. Minnesota State Fair, very highly regarded. I do think the Wisconsin State Fair has really upped its game over the years. It's, it hasn't caught up to the Minnesota State Fair. Now, I'm obligated to say that as a native Minnesotan. I'm obligated, as you <laughs> as you noted, to brag about Minnesota and really elevate Minnesota compared to other states. There are some interesting new foods, and I think it is a bit of a mixed bag, Rick. There was one that I would love to try. It is the cheesecake curds. These are cheesecake pieces covered in funnel cake batter, fried and dusted with powdered sugar. This is exactly what I am looking for in a fair food because I love cheesecake, but you can't really have a slice of cheesecake while you're walking around at a fair. Oh yeah. So how can you take a delicious food and make it possible to eat in a state fair environment? This is how you do it. You take little pieces and you fry the things, or you you put a yeah, nice batter on them. They so don't you get can, your hands all messy. Exactly, and you can carry them. Yeah, exactly. The state fair just does not work for me because a I don't like like cheesecake curd. I don't. If you're gonna make curds, I just want cheese curds. Like I don't. I that don't is like, fair. I just want real food instead of sweets. Like if you're gonna make, if I'm gonna burn cat or eat, uh, eat calories, and I have anything and everything at my disposal. Because I don't, I don't need to eat cheesecake curds because somewhere around there will be cheese curds. And I'll True. just go. But the problem is at the state fair, I don't want to eat cheese curds either because then I'm like in this. Uh, it's outside. It's hot. I'm walking around. And you know what cheese curds kind of do to you. It just make you feel kind of. You want to go sit somewhere cold and dark and eat <laughs> these kind of. So I don't really like the whole. That's why the state fair doesn't appeal to me in that regard. It's not a food thing for me. But I love I love seeing the pictures and talking about the food because they're all kind of ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, Rick. And so while I would love to try the cheesecake curds, there is a new food that I got to say. I mean, I'm just looking at the crunchy Balboa. Yeah. Which I don't know why it's called Balboa. I'm just thinking Rocky Balboa, but it's like (laughs) 
a deep fried tortilla filled with vegan roast beef, which, okay, bacon. Is it vegan bacon or regular bacon? <laughs> right. Seems a little contradiction <laughs> there. And then cheese sauce, which is also not vegan, plus peppers, onions. Oh, my. See, this makes me hungry, but I don't want to eat it at the state fair. I want to grab it and go in my basement and eat more of it than I should and nobody's around and therefore uh, I can eat as much as I want without you know feeling that guilt you no know, I, I understand what you're saying Rick it you know you might be judged a certain way if you're seen carrying around a particular food item but the beautiful thing about the state fair is that no one will really judge you if you're carrying around a bucket full of cookies, as I tend to do at the Minnesota right. State Fair. Get my $25 well, bucket of chocolate chip cookies from Sweet Martha's. That's how I roll at the State Fair. What is the Minnesota fair. State Fair known for? If if Wisconsin is, what was it? Che- uh, cream puffs. Cream puffs. Yeah. Get your COVID vaccine, and we'll give you a cream post. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Minnesota was literally giving money. Yeah. It's like literally, here's $50. Um, but it, it, is it the cookies, or is it something else? Cookies <gasps> seems ridiculous, because that's just one lady. Yeah, I would say it is Sweet Martha's cookies that are the m- number one food at the state fair. But there are plenty of others. There's the food building. But that doesn't count. Like, there's got to be a thing. There's not a, you know what I mean? No. And you can't even do it. And I, there Minnesota is not. Minnesota native. There is not a thing in yeah. the sense that Wisconsin has a thing for its state. Do you think fair. Wisconsin? Do you think it is the, or, or are we are we blind to something that maybe it isn't? I would say that the cream puffs are the signature food of the okay. Wisconsin state. I mean, state cream fair. is dairy, so I was thinking yeah, that's like true. It sh- yep. that's kind of blasphemous because it should be something cheese or milk, but cream puffs. Are now, kind of I dairy. would say this: the Don't other point thing, at me like the that. other thing that the that I'm just pointing at you in a very <laughs> accusatory way. <laughs> Like, don't talk down about Minnesota. (laughs) I would say that the other thing the Minnesota State Fair is known for is the farm animals. So we're taking Savannah, my daughter, to the State Fair because she's learning all about animals. The cow goes, Yeah, that that is what we're teaching her. That circle thing that you pull the string up. Hey, we got to go to break. We'll be back. The 90s. Back in the 90s. When I was in high school and you were probably... I would have been finishing up elementary school. This doesn't make sense that you're a 90s music buff. No, I would have been starting out. Why are you a 90s music buff? Well... You don't have an older brother. No, I don't. Because when I was getting into music, it was like the the late 90s. Okay. Yeah. So I have an older brother. So like I have like 80s... A little bit of eight, even though I was well. Then zero I became a, like a '70s and '80s music fan. Like one of my first concerts was Bruce Springsteen. I mean, there's a whole era there that, that I mean, that whole. I mean, you could just look back at every decade and go, "Okay, there's awesome music." Yes. And then you get here, right? And are you to the window now, where you don't? I I still listen to today's music because you have a kid. You have to keep up with this stuff. I, I do, and honestly, having students who are eighteen to twenty-two kind of keeps me in touch with the pop oh, culture I trends. Suppose, yeah, um, yeah. Do you get any weird like, hey, you like, you, you ch- try this dance, Tragowski? Because TikTokers, <laughs> you know, they got to do. Things. Yeah, Rick. All of these memes and trends on TikTok. All of my students are really up to date on those things, and. I am a bit clueless because I don't have TikTok on my phone. And also, they use Snapchat Wait, a lot. Oh, it's not a government so, phone. So, though. yeah. If, I was thinking like UW employee. Can, yeah. If I, personal phone, you can have it on. Personal phone is fine. But if I were to have a – so I can't have it on any UW devices. Do you, do you have the Copeland thing up? Do you still have it up? Uh, no. No. Okay, I'll pull it up. Uh, we play the Gin Blossoms because, the, 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 the you know, we've, we've been previewing this Copeland concert. 
since uh, <laughs> since June it was announced. May, I yeah, think, since May. <laughs> and which one is it? Is it? No, it's not this one. Gin blossoms, sugar ray, tonic, and fastball. Is it the Act Two? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Sugar Ray. Oh, fastball and tonic. Those are yeah. Those are the two that I forgot. So I was like, because I looked this up the other day, and I was like, and I only saw Gin Blossoms and Sugar Ray, and I was like, who are the, did the other two drop out? Because we were in June really promoting this. Oh, we were. You have to like this letter I got. You have to open that. Like, have to, <laughs> Let's we're see. We're doing live on air. What is so what? <laughs> So I handed Tregoski a pair of tickets <laughs> to the Ultra Rock Summer Concert Series, Gin Blossom, Sugar Ray. Thank Tonic you, Rick. That is, that is thanks to uh, some of the powers that be here that are helping put this concert so I on. get paid in peeps and concert tickets <laughs> for this Tregoski comes in here every Friday to do this show for nothing. And then, you know, every once in a while I see Sam's Club has got peeps after Easter <laughs> on clearance. <laughs> But a lot of peeps, because you can't just get a couple of peeps at Sam's Club. It's a lot of peeps, because it really it's is. Sam's Club. It's a, here's a cart. Here's a here's a pallet of peeps on clearance for $7, five pounds of peeps. So, uh, yeah, Tregowski's is now, he's got to make plans for next weekend. I'm in. On, what is it, on Friday, uh, 31st. Oh, wait, is this a Thursday night concert? What yeah, is Thursday oh, night. Okay. Thursday yeah. night concert. You're going to be. So I can, are, I can do a full recap oh, next Friday. I'm going to do a full recap of. <laughs> Now, Brianna going to be into this? Are you going to need a babysitter? You, you, How is this you know, Brianna is, you know, she really likes like dance music, like that has that big thumping beak, like dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, maybe we Sugar like different. Ray. Maybe Sugar Ray. Yeah, you know, that. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brianna, if you're listening, uh, you have plans next Thursday. Start getting a babysitter. Yes. Uh, for Thursday night as, as, Tregoski heads to the uh, the Copeland concert. It would be it would suck if you're like actually have a conference for UWL. <laughs> be like cancel it. We've been previewing this thing since May. You know, I actually do have a bunch of meetings that day. Let's hope they're done by five. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you'd be pre gaming during the meeting. I will. If anyone knows I what will. that means. Um, all right, just uh, like we have to we have to touch on this. It's not even. I don't even think it's in your notes or anything. But uh, the the scope. The the how do we how does the public take the idea that our former president and guy running the the leader for the GOP nomination has has a mugshot and mm-hmm. now he's using that mugshot at, to sell T-shirts. Also, he he didn't pay the bond. He used the bail bondsman. So yeah. instead of paying the two hundred grand, he used twenty grand. And I don't know anything about that except that. If I didn't have two hundred grand, yeah. I would just because you get that money back if you have two. You do, grand. and the bail bondsman takes a cut, yeah, or so, they charge a fee. So that's that was kind of weird, but like I don't know how do as a political scientist, like what do you do with all this? So I think what I have observed is that both sides have used the mugshot for their own purposes. So Democrats and people on the left are using the mugshot to show, hey, this person's a criminal, or at least he's accused of a criminal act, and look how ridiculous this guy is, and why on earth should be he should he be elected president? Meanwhile, Republicans and people on the right are using the mugshot as a symbol of the Justice Department, in their view, going after Donald Trump. And in fact, Donald Trump tweeted out, for the first time in forever, he 
did a tweet where he tweeted out the picture of his mugshot. So I think what's interesting, and it really is indicative of the political divide in the United States, that both sides are using the exact same material. In this case, the mugshot, they're just using it completely differently. They're seeing it through a completely different lens, a completely different perspective, using it for their own political purposes. Donald Trump has learned over the last whatever year or something to kind of make fun of himself a little bit, yeah. which is like dangerous because I've always said if the dude could make fun of himself, he'd be almost untouchable. So even using the mugshot, he could, you know what? The next thing he should do is make fun of the fact that he said he was 250 pounds because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers weighs 223 pounds, according to the Jets roster. And if the idea that Donald Trump, who is the same height as Aaron Rodgers, weighs eight pounds less than Aaron Rodgers, that's, that's hilarious. And Donald Trump should definitely like, use that as comedy. I mean, this was something that I was kind of wondering about the booking process. Like, would they measure your height and your weight, or would they allow you to self-report it? Rick, it reminded me of when I was in North Carolina. I moved to North Carolina to go to a graduate school at the University of North Carolina. And when I was getting a driver's license in North Carolina, you had to report your height and your weight. Let's just say that I added a few inches to my height. Oh, you did. And I took a few pounds off my weight. I always take that real seriously because I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to get pulled over or I'm going to go to a bar. They're going to look at my ID and go, you are not this or that. Like you are not six, five and you are not one ninety. you know, like I, or the, or the cop will look at it and go, this isn't you or something like that. So I was, I, you know, I didn't exaggerate that. Like I sadly, I'd be like, oh, this is what I'm not I sure if it made me feel a little bit of a, sh- a little bit of a sense of shame that I just, you know, was lying about my height and my weight on a government document or that it made me feel a little bit better about myself. Like, yeah, I really am this height or yeah, you know, I oh, really you, you do believe the lie. Yeah. Also, do I like internalize the lie? Also, I'm telling what are you doing getting a, like, did you use that because you needed it to vote and because you're a political scientist and therefore you're study you're studying and therefore you're very entrenched and I need a license to vote because I live in Winona for in a decade and still had like my parents ID or not, you know what I mean? My ID for my parents address a decade after I had moved to. Yeah. I had to get a North Carolina license. It was a big pain in the butt because I had to take the multiple choice drivers test. (laughs) I didn't have to do the road test, which I did fail one time on that darn parallel parking section. I backed into a garbage can when I did the, the, (laughs) for some reason there wasn't a car for me to, to parallel park on, but oh. the, the lady, you're do it where there's no car to back into. Yeah. But I backed into a garbage can, but she didn't see it. So I definitely passed. <laughs> you got away. Test. Hey, Rick, if I had to take that road test again, I might still be without a driver's license today. <laughs> but I was able to pass that multiple choice test with flying colors. Flying colors. Uh, blue and uh, white tar heel. There colors. you go. Light blue. Uh, Kent, Kent is on the air. Northside Kent, mayor of the Northside. Northside Kent, how, how are things on the Northside? <laughs> Doc, Doc, it's going really good. How's your little girl doing? She's great, Kent. Thank you. Kent, we do not need any no. more state fair stories. Just, just <laughs> preempt. No, we've no, heard about your Rod Stewart that, concert. Rick. No, yeah. you were gracious enough, Rick, to give <laughs> Doctor and his wife tickets for the concert Thursday. They've been. Bound up in the house with their little girl all these months. And the least he can do, Rick, is offer to babysit Savannah Thursday night. Do you, now, don't do you, say no. No, Rick. You and your girlfriend can at least be compassionate and say, right. hey, Doc. We're hanging up on Kent right now, ruining my Thursday night. Also, the, uh, da- the idea that Brianna and Anthony actually would want me 
to babysit their daughter. They know nothing about my my uh, ability to watch a 15 month old. So that is ludicrous. I I mean, it's crazy because we know each other here and we know each other, but you don't have no idea how I would handle a baby. You have no idea. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Um, I will right. say this, like, I had no idea how to handle a baby <laughs> when I had a kid. I know, at least then you could screw it up and it's like, okay, well, it's my kid. Oh, I've Nobody done else. my fair share of that. Nobody else is going to yell at me. Yep. Um, all right, so let's go to break. We'll talk some politics. Uh, well, I guess we did do a little bit of politics when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk. We'll turn you guys down. Tonic, going to be at the concert Thursday. <laughs> Oakland Concerts. I don't even know how much affiliation we have. Like, should I, you know, as a as a Midwest family, like we promote some of these. Yeah. Some of these we we don't have our hands in, and I'm like, mm, we've been promoting this thing all summer long, baby. Well, I was I was uh, driving by Copeland Park on the way here. I saw a Z93's logo on the little banner they had. Yeah, I think that's maybe why you got. Yeah. I think maybe we we have our hands in it. Uh, I should know these things, but I, I've been up <laughs> since 4 a.m. Who, who's even keeping track at this point? 608-785-7914. UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Trigoski in here as he is with most Fridays. And um, okay, so this is kind of cool. You So we have sister cities all over the world. We and do. One of those is Luxembourg, which is a country or a city? That's a country. That's the country. It's from Younglinster. Young I butchered the pronunciation oh, no. on the show last week. Oh, yeah. Okay. The correct pronunciation. We checked with Brad Williams. It is Younglinster. <laughs> Okay, Young Linster, and we're talking about this because the Young Linster students yes. or Luxembourg students. Yes, I mean both, I guess. Uh, they were they toured or what? What? Yeah, I guess let, I'll let you. Do yeah, that. there are twenty five students, high school aged from Luxembourg, who are visiting the Cooley region for four weeks. Oh, so wow. they're going to be here for a while. They're actually going to attend the local high schools for a little bit. I think Aquinas and Central, if I remember correctly. But good thing they're not in Decorah because there's no AC in Decorah's high school. Oh, that's true. I mean, it was a <clears throat> brutally hot day when I was visiting with them. I was I spent the day with them on Wednesday this week at UWL. They've been at UWL for a couple days. And Were they like, why is it 100 degrees here? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When we had the panel, Mitch uh, Reynolds, the of course, the mayor of La Crosse, was saying, like, don't, this is not representative <laughs> of the weather that we typically have. Of course, we know still that August in the Midwest can just be a little bit brutal it sometimes. Brutal. Yeah, it was funny because I had the National Weather Service on um, a couple mornings ago, and I was like, "Is you know how abnormal is this? And then how abnormal is it when it's going to be eighty tomorrow and over the weekend?" And he's like, and he kind of goes, "Yeah, we usually you know August is really hot." And I go, "Thanks a lot, National Weather Service guy." <laughs> you know, just kind of making fun. We're like literally making fun of the guy that's like devoting his time at six in the morning to uh, helping me out. But um, yeah, so. So you come, you have these uh, high school age students, yeah, in from from Younglingster, mm-hmm. Luxembourg, our sister city in town. And then this was week one, so they they might, you know what? It'd be cool if they came in October because then you would really see some cool fall oh, weather. Yeah. But I'm sure fall weather anywhere. Um, but but they had some ob- observations that were like, hmm, right? right? You kind of get some perspective on what they're going through, and then you, and you want to get their perspective of what they thought of lacrosse right yeah a big thing that we talked about 
in my discussion with them were the similarities and differences between where they're from in Luxembourg and here in the United States. One thing they mentioned was that the drinking age in Luxembourg is 16. And they were really surprised that the drinking age here is 21. Of course, we know that there's a lot of underage drinking. What they pointed out is that they have a quite a healthy attitude towards alcohol. There's not a lot of binge drinking. People don't have a lot of problems with alcohol, which might seem a little counterintuitive or unexpected given that the drinking age there is five years younger than here. I was immediately thinking they're all disappointed that they can't hit the bars that night because they they can't drink. (laughs) That did occur to me that maybe they wanted to go out on the town, but were not able to do so because of their age. Now, they did mention that they learn healthy attitudes towards alcohol because they're still pretty young when they can start drinking. So maybe they drink with their family a little bit, kind of not really well, go this, crazy, I mean, really ease into the alcohol I mean, consumption. The thing we see all over the place. You, you like legalize drugs in certain countries, then the drugs aren't this thing that, that is a you know, a fight or a battle or a, a problem. You know, that's something Mitch Reynolds brought up in the round table we had. He was on the round table with current state Senator Brad Paff and former state Senator Brian Rood had a great discussion with them and the students. Yeah, Mitch made a really good point. Yeah, If you tell people you can't do something, what do they want to do? They want it more. I mean, you have a daughter that'll someday date. And then when you say you can't date that guy, you know, she's going to date. that. Guy. You know, I've seen it a million times with young people and I think there is a certain psychology when you set the drinking age at 21 you say if you're 18 you cannot drink and that sends a certain message to people at that stage in their lives which may have a bit of a backfire effect this is certainly the impression that I got from the students you know that they don't really think a lot about alcohol as this really like cool thing to do i mean they drink they drink socially but they don't go crazy with it like some people yeah do here and you know mitch bought up all of the public health concerns that we have in the lacrosse area that certainly the state of wisconsin has with regards to alcohol consumption just not really a an issue in luxembourg so the lowering of the drinking age there, the fact that it is much lower than it is here, seems to have had positive effects on the alcohol situation there. Maybe a better situation there than here. Now, on on your notes here, you say college, high school sports, not really a thing. What does that mean? Yeah, they said that they don't have school sports really. Like, like sports connected with their school, like we do here. I mean, shout out to all of the high school football that's going on. Really exciting to see that ramping up. We talked about the pros and the cons of that, that they have to kind of go outside of their school if they want to engage in sports. Meanwhile, we have all these athletics that are connected to high schools and college sports. My impression is that it results in higher athletic participation in the United States. Seems like athletic participation might be a little bit low in Luxembourg. So I actually think there's something to be said for really connecting athletics with schools here. But then you get into big time college sports, you know, where you have the hundred thousand seat stadium well, and, and there you really wonder what's going on. Yeah, because a billion dollar industry and then they allow college athletes to get paid, but not by not by the industry that's making billions. Yeah, dollars. that's what I meant. What about, that's what I meant about like the pros and the cons yeah. of attaching sports to educational institutions. Um you you had to bring up food, of course, with them. Yeah, uh, they were really excited to talk about the American restaurant 
restaurants that they have in Luxembourg. They have McDonald's, Burger King, and Domino's. They even have a Five Guys, which kind of surprised me. Of course, now we have a Five Guys in Onalaska. Now, if you want KFC, they made sure to emphasize that you have to cross the border into France. So oh, that's the caveat the there. Yeah, so you have to go to another country if well, you want Well, hopefully KFC. we gave them some other options. Yes. Uh, you know, you don't Still have to... Still no Popeyes, by the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> the big chicken. That's issue. been a big issue on this show. Yeah, the lack big, of a Popeyes. Yeah, Mayor Reynolds yep. definitely like fighting tooth and nail to get a Popeyes <laughs> chicken here. Um, and then, okay, so these are what sixteen-year-olds. Yes. Are they are they into politics? Because you mentioned in your notes they know who Pence and DeSantis are, but not really any of the other. That's all of us, I think. I I don't know any of the other. I I kind of do, but like I couldn't name. Bergram or, you know, I can't yeah. even name Vivek's name. I can't even say his name. Yeah, we, is- we went down the list of the Republican candidates with them just asking you, have you heard of these guys? They've, of course, heard of Trump. In fact, when I asked them what comes to mind when you think of the United States, the first thing they mentioned was Donald Trump. Probably not surprising. And the second thing was KFC. So. KFC, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They, they talked actually a lot about Hollywood, Rick. How from pop culture, they have this idea of what it's like to live in the United States. I think their impressions of the United States come from two main sources. Pop culture or Hollywood or like music artists, whatever. And then politics. So that's why I do think they pay a fair bit of attention to politics. One thing they talked about is they understand how American politics affects the entire world, given America's superpower status. Now, they had heard of Pence. Most of them had heard of DeSantis. They had really had not heard of the rest of the Republican field. We did talk about the Republican debate that night, and we talked about how Wisconsin is this swing state. That's something that they really took a lot of interest in. They were familiar with the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, and it was intriguing to them to learn that Wisconsin is pretty darn evenly divided between the two parties. Also, they're they're 16, so that's kind of crazy that they're into it. Even even knowing who DeSantis yeah. is is kind of impressive. That, that bit surprised me that most of them knew who Ron DeSantis was. Did they was. have any impressions of Joe Biden? Old. Old. Yeah. They they actually had some concerns about Joe Biden. They had concerns about Donald Trump. Yeah. Their concern about Donald Trump, I was asking, like, what comes to mind when you think of Donald Trump? What really came to mind is that he's erratic in their point of view, that mm-hmm. he is a wild card. And... That seems to be an impression that a lot of people have. Sure. seems to be a common impression. Their concern about Joe Biden is his age and the fact that, you know, in their point of view, he doesn't really project strength around the world, maybe as a result of his age, maybe as a result of his political well, style. Well, this is the conversation we had uh, two mornings ago. Just like, okay, so, uh, can you just say his name? Vivek. Vivek. Okay. Yep. Uh, charismatic. Right? Yes. Kind of like Obama. Yes. In fact, he imitated Obama. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's not Joe Biden. I would say that's not even Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not charismatic. He he he. Get, I don't know how, how you want to. He's he's able to to rift. Yeah. Right. Like in and babble on about stuff, but I wouldn't say any of that is charisma. Um, that's not Joe Biden at all. But that's that's funny because like, what do we need a president to do? Do we actually want a president where sixteen year olds from another country are going? Oh, he's old. He's he doesn't know how to talk. Whatever. Like, he's not charismatic. I don't know if they put it that way, but is that important? I mean, or do we need Joe Biden to sit down with another leader of a country or Donald Trump to be able to sit down with another leader of a country and have a conversation with them in terms of, like, getting things done, so to speak, as opposed to being 
charismatic in front of cameras. I, I think what we've seen over time is that these presidents, at least in recent history, have had very different styles. I mean, George W. Bush had a particular approach to the rest of the world. Barack Obama had a very different approach. You know, his argument was that George W. Bush had really squandered. He had really he had been damaging to America's reputation around the world. And so from Obama's point of view, he wanted to reach out to the world. Republicans ridiculed him as going on an apology tour, saying that, yeah, he's going around the world apologizing for the United States. And, you know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something to Obama's approach of trying to take seriously the you know, kind of impressions that people have of the United States around the world. Maybe we shouldn't really care. It's not for me to say. But then Donald Trump and Joe Biden, just completely different. So I don't know if I can confidently say, like, what is the correct type of presidential leadership? Other than to say, like, these last four presidents have each been completely different in their leadership style and their attitude towards the rest of the world. Now, you have these 16, 15, 16-year-olds, 16 mm-hmm. you would say, uh, from Luxembourg, our sister city of the cross, and they're going to be here for another four weeks. This will be very interesting, and hopefully you do this. Will you get them back four weeks from now? To have another discussion about what, you know, their experiences are in the in yeah, in the area. Yeah, I won't, but Mitch said that he will. And Mitch wanted feedback about their attitudes towards lacrosse. Like what are their impressions towards lacrosse? And yeah, you know, I think it's really valuable to get that outside perspective on the area because yeah, those of us who have lived here for a while, and maybe we have certain ideas about the positives and negatives of the area, things that are going well, things that are not going well. Rick, one thing that actually came up, they noticed that we could improve in the amount of tech companies that we have in lacrosse. And this is, I mean, these are sharp students, as you can tell, like noticing, hey, these are the industries that lacrosse has. These are the industries that lacrosse doesn't have. They noticed that we have a lot of healthcare and education in terms of the major companies, the major employers, mm-hmm. the major industries. They also noticed that, you know, maybe we don't have as much tech. Uh, so, you know, those are the kinds of things that maybe someone from the outside kind of picks up on. And I think that's a really valuable perspective that's to have. That's crazy to think like it's, I mean, at 16, I was like, I'm playing basketball tonight or something. <laughs> like, I've got to eat spaghetti before I play basketball. They were um, also amazed. Mitch pointed out that quick trip, produces 13 million burritos per year. Now, I haven't fact-checked this. I'm just going to take Mitch's word on this. But the students, that was like the coolest thing they learned all day. So, I mean, these are still like teenagers at the end of the day. Yeah. Like Um, thinking burritos are really No perspective there. I mean, I don't know what their burrito consumption is in Luxembourg, but (laughs) this is like when Governor Evers says, we fixed a million miles of roads in the last year or 100 miles of roads. And we're like, we have no idea what the the baseline is right is that a lot 13 what what was 13 million burritos like is that a lot i mean it sounds like a million in a year okay that's honestly i i actually you know i actually have a little bit of a hard time believing that i mean i take mitch at his word i mean like if they but like when i go to quick trip i never get a burrito maybe that's just my own point of view that's biasing my i mean they're only on sale the one day sadly i know this so all right we gotta we'll be back All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Just wrap it up here, a couple minutes with UW Lacrosse, political science professor and Luxembourg. Uh, well, now uh, a Luxembourg I, expert. No, I was thinking like um, ambassador or sure. something like. Are you? A, well, you would be a lacrosse ambassador for those that are from Luxembourg or something like that. You know what I mean? 
Um, all right. Tom Barrett, the former mayor of Milwaukee, is now the ambassador to Luxembourg. Oh, interesting. It's a good gig. Um, all right. So what should we wrap up on? I, we never talk about the Wisconsin Supreme Court, but I feel like that's going to be a conversation that's longer than five minutes. Yes. I don't know. Yes. And um, the GOP de- debate just happened, and I think it's only – let me. okay, I got it. The GOP debate just happened, and you watched the whole thing, and I will say I did not. And I read enough about it. I saw some clips, but I don't think the clips are conducive to what actually gets talked about because the clips are clips for a reason, right? They're, woohoo, like, look at me clips. It was in Milwaukee. Wisconsin is like, if you rank the 50 states, is Wisconsin number one in terms of the Republicans and Democrats need to win this state. This is the most important. Is it number one? or is I'd say so. It, is it even a, de- a debate? It, it is a bit of a debate, but I think a strong argument can be made that Wisconsin is the most important state in a presidential election. Is it Wisconsin, Pennsylvania? Could like, be what, Pennsylvania. What yeah, I might say Georgia or Arizona, but Wisconsin be, right there. would be there. other states with more electoral votes that you would go, that, that would be up for grabs. Georgia and Michigan have more electoral votes. Okay. Anyway, so they have the debate. Did any of the nominees up there, nominees, candidates Mm -hmm. on the stage do anything to like, even like put a cheese head on as a joke? Did any of, did A, did any of them have fun? And B, did any of them make a joke or make a reference to anything Milwaukee or anything Wisconsin? If you want to win the state, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe just say something. You're here. That is one of the interesting parts of the debate because references to Wisconsin were few and far between. Now, Fox had this big lead into the debate where they actually made reference to Wisconsin's very restrictive abortion law. They talked actually about Janet Protasiewicz winning the Wisconsin State Supreme Court seat in the April election, how the court flipped from conservative to liberal, saying, hey, abortion was a big issue. It is a big issue in Wisconsin and elsewhere. But that was all like pre- Show. Pre-taped. Yeah. So the only reference to Wisconsin that I caught during the debate was Brett Baer talking about a violent weekend in Milwaukee, shooting victims, shooting incidents that happened over the previous weekend, using that as a lead-in to talk about the problems facing large cities and also the issue of crime. Okay, so the the pretend issue that only big cities like Milwaukee, which is Democrat, therefore, you know— of course. So there was no fun. They, nobody had any nope. fun nope. with like referencing Wisconsin. And that's what I mean. Like they, I feel like eight people on stage and Donald Trump doing, doing an interview, so he doesn't even come to Milwaukee. They all just take for granted. I don't, not even for granted. I don't know what they're doing. Why wouldn't, if this is the most important state, none of them had any fun mentioning Milwaukee. I get that they were around the Pfizer Forum and Vivek, uh-huh. Vivek had a party. But but they didn't have they didn't do anything on national TV to promote Wisconsin. And apparently was... Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota, is a big Milwaukee Bucks fan. So maybe he could have made reference to that. Yeah, I, I, totally a missed opportunity. I don't know. It, it would only affect them if the media mentioned it, which uh-huh. I don't think anyone did. Except maybe maybe some pointed out the the hypocrisy of of calling out what you just said about Milwaukee and a shooting and there was a shooting it was it's devastating that always mm-hmm. happens but they didn't use the shooting to go what should we do about guns yeah I mean th- really it 
made it, it opened the way for a discussion of getting tough on crime. Right. Really nothing surprising. It was all things that you would expect to hear from Republican politicians. Really nothing about guns, nothing about maybe the root causes of crime. I mean, that's how Democrats typically right. talk about this issue. They talk about more gun control and they talk about trying to address what they perceive as yeah. like the root causes Gun, of crime. I mean, talk about cheese, talk about dairy, talk about farming. Any of that, you're in Wisconsin, and it, and it just like they totally missed out. Maybe they talked about farming, but they didn't reference you know, I, I don't recall actually any references to agriculture. That was a missed opportunity, honestly, as far as the role that agriculture plays in, in Wisconsin. All right, so take my observations to your little political science club, whatever <laughs> you guys meet. And bring it up, and maybe that's a discussion point that we should have moving forward. Anyway, that's UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski. See, I'm turning into a political junkie. I like it. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Have a good weekend, everybody.